We here at Attack of the Killer Podcast are sad to report that the inventor of the videocassette tape died this week. His memory will never be erased, although it will get fuzzy over time. Videotapes on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Hello and welcome to a retro, low-quality, analog episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. The show that has been dubbed over and over and over again to the point where the picture is so muddy it looks like it needs a bath. I'm your host, Insane Mike, and this is episode 274, and our topic this time is videotapes. Movies involving the greatest movie format of hey, all time, VHS. The views of Insane Mike do not represent... <laughs> <laughs> now, if this is your first time listening to Attack of the Killer podcast, what we are all about is that we are a horror movie podcast. We're a group of friends. We get together, we pick a topic, and we discuss films within that topic. We're just all friends hanging out, having a good time, talking horror movies, so there may be spoilers. If you like the show, you need to become an attacker. What's an attacker, you ask? I'm glad you asked. An attacker is more than just a fan of the show. It is family. By simply donating to the show, you can receive various perks such as a, such as a membership card, certificate and sticker, bonus episodes and exclusive videos. All your donations go right back into making a bigger and better show for you. And you will become part of the Attack of the Killer podcast family if you do so. Which would also could in, also include our newest perk, the Attack of the Killer chat. Oh, yeah. Which is an exclusive chat <laughs> with other attackers and past and present hosts. You can get all that and so much more by going to jointheattackers.com. Sign up for the tier that best suits you. Again, that's jointheattackers.com. Hey, can we give a shout-out to Holly one more time? I felt so bad after the last episode. We kind of saved her, like, right to the end. Yeah, definitely another shout-out yeah, to she deserves another. Attacker Holly, our good friend Holly. Yeah, welcome to welcome. being an attacker. Yeah, welcome you rock. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, Holly, <laughs> to the snake pit. And I can't remember if we did it then. Yeah, but we did do it then. So, but regardless, yeah, welcome, and you are now one of us. We'll make her one of us, a loving cup, a loving cup. We accept a one of us. We accept a one of us. Gooba gobble, gooba gobble. We accept her. We accept her. Gooba gobble, gooba gobble. One of us. One of us. Gooba gobble. And now it is time to introduce you to the podcast crew. He bought himself a new weight loss tape. It goes right over his mouth. Andy! (laughs) Hi, my name's Andy, and I want to be your friend. How does that sound? Hi, Dio! The weirdest porn in his VHS collection is one where a woman has sex with Mr. Peanut, the mascot from Planters Peanuts. 
I haven't seen it, but he says it's fucking nuts. Jason. Oh, my Lord. That's awful. And true. Uh, hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so glad you're listening. Thank you. He has one video store left in his town, although it's it, although it only has one movie to rent. When he complains, they say you can take it or leave it. Tad, everybody. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is anyone going to laugh at that one? No? Okay. <laughs> I didn't expect that. The enthusiasm that, was infectious, <laughs> man. <laughs> All right, here's a math problem for you. If train A leaves the station leaves the station B at 11:30 a.m. and is traveling at 60 miles per hour and train B leaves station C at 9:45 a.m. at 45 oh miles per hour Lord, the then why it? haven't you signed up for Shutter yet? Okay. Shutter is the best in horror streaming. Classic films to all new Shutter originals. Shutter has something for any and all horror fans. And you can get a month of Shudder for free thanks to us here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. Just enter our promo code AOTKP and you can get a month of Shudder for free. Again, our promo code is AOTKP. Get your first month for free and begin your journey with the horror streaming service that manoflittlewords.com calls cool. (laughs) There's also no math problems there, so it's really cool. If you ever wondered what the cast of Attack of the Killer podcast has been watching when we are not watching movies for the show, well, we're going to tell you anyway. Here's Tad with what we watched. What we watched. Well, thank you, Mike. I'm going to lift the curtain a little bit, and uh, we had some tech issues when we went to record our last episode, so we have an extra week of what we watched. So I'm expecting this to go a little bit longer, maybe. Andy, what have you watched? <laughs> well, um, I was able to get in like the full uh, season of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix, and it's it's really good this season. Not that you know true crime is ever really good, but this it was very intriguing. Um, lots of murder and mayhem. Like, I know the first episode, like you just will tear your guts out because it's just it's awful. But, um, yeah, that's on, that I watched on Netflix. I watched a documentary called Leave No Trace, and it's about the Boy Scouts of America and about how literally 82,000 kids from the past came forward and reported sexual abuse. That's 82,000 kids, man. Andy's had uh, a lot of fun this weekend. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. Wow. I know. It, it's. I don't know why I'm so drawn to things that just, <laughs> like. Horrible. Yeah, that just incite anger in me. But I, I, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know why. But, I mean, it's just, it's. I, it was so outraged. And it gets even better. I also watched um, a documentary called Killer Sally. And it's about this weightlifting couple. And she eventually got tired of her husband's abuse. And she killed him on Valentine's Day. Uh, <laughs> basically racked a shotgun and just blew his chest open in the uh, kitchen uh, in front of her kids. And then oh. she went back and it, they weren't his kids. <laughs> but, I mean, he was taking care of them. And uh, she went back, you know, and got another shell and then, like, literally just blew his whole goddamn chin off. And... um but like any good like crime documentary, 
uh, it starts to, you start to question, you know, because she was actually really violent too. But then the kid, you know, one thing that really struck out to me is this, like when the kid was like, saw it happen. I remember walking over him and just being thankful because I know that he couldn't hurt me or my mom anymore, you know, and this, this lady, she went to prison for, you know, 15 years. She's out now and she got, she got remarried. And, um, it's just a, it's an interesting, um, documentary documentary because, you know, they were, they were both, bo- uh, bodybuilders. Um, also, is that, been- what, is that what drew you to it? Bodybuilding and uh, true crime together. Andy yeah, actually, actually, it, it, it was. It's kind of interesting because I had heard this. I had heard the story before, but this was more of like a like a deep dive. And she was like, uh, she also would like do like weird. Uh, I, it's not really prostitution, but it, it's it's kind of is. But she would like wrestle men on the side, like men that wanted to be like you know meet her in hotel rooms, and she would just like power lift them and like you know put them in sleeper holds. And I mean, there was like no actual sex involved, but like she would get paid to do that too. I mean, it, it's it's a it's it's on Netflix if you want to check it out. It's <laughs> it's, it's it's strange, but um, also uh, and this will chew up your weekend because almost every damn special feature on this vinegar syndrome release that I got is like some are 80 minutes long. Some are 40 minutes long. Like literally none of the special features, uh, on this thing are under 30 minutes. So, I mean, you could just, you know, make a weekend out of the special features and it's vinegar syndromes release of Texas chainsaw massacre part two. And it is awesome. Uh, this is like, if they come out with another release of this film, they're not going to be able to top it. This is like, this has got every single bell and whistle that you can think of. Um, Highly recommended if you're a uh, Texas Chainsaw Part 2 fan, Mm -hmm. because you won't have to buy another disc after this one. (laughs) And if you're not, then fuck you. That's right. Yeah. Eat a a, rules. That's right. Eat a never-ending buffet of dicks if you don't like it. Um... Unless you're an attacker, and it's okay. Thank you. Yeah, that's Nurse. totally okay. <laughs> yeah, but go ahead and have like a dick or two because yeah, you know, just not a appetizer whole dick just, or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just your normal daily intake would be fine. Um, I also, you know, I don't want to. Sp- I'll let um Mike just completely take this one because I know he saw it. I did watch Weird Al. <laughs> had a blast. Uh, I, the only thing I will say this, I feel like there's two scripts out there. They re- actually wrote the real Weird Al story, and then Weird Al's just like, okay, now I need to make the parody of it, and then we'll shoot that. <laughs> um, and I also watched a very, very awesome movie, which I uh, I hope all of us can talk about this. Have we? Can we please say that we have all watched Barbarian? Yes. I don't think Jason yes. has. Have no, you, Jason? He yep. finally did, yeah. Okay, I didn't okay. see it. On, on our movie list, it's not marked, so you better check that, Jason. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I, I still need to get on the movie list. Oh, my gosh. Um, I didn't even know it was out. Uh, the uh, Barbarian, uh, awesome. I have a very good feeling that... Uh, uh, slang from Don't Breathe and Richard Brake from this movie. They live on the same block, like in this rundown part of Detroit. Like I the hope sexual, not. Gosh. The sexual, creepy, you know, 
predator block, you know, like, but, uh, wow. Uh, really, really enjoyed this. Um, like I said, it, it wasn't what I was expecting. Um, uh, they throw the curveball right away when you see, uh, spoiler, Bill Sars Sarsgaard get murdered because you think it gives every indication that he's going to be uh, a bad guy. And then it just, uh, it kind of 180s in a direction that, uh, that you're not expecting. Even the way that the movie is shot and how the story is told uh isn't the way that I was expecting, which is, which is really good too. But, uh, yeah, uh, slang and, uh, whatever this other guy, uh, I think they live on the same, you know, sexual pervert block, uh, only in the rundown part of Detroit. I don't think they need to post signs, but that is pretty much what I watched. And it's interesting just a quick note on Barbarian. Like, mm -hmm. I went into it blind, and I, I sort of came to the group, and I was like, everybody got to check this out. And I feel like this is a, a new trend, maybe, with, like, streaming, or I, I don't know if it's... I don't know what it is with the internet, but it's like, I've, I've noticed this trend where a movie comes out that's not uh, hyped up, like, no one's really looking forward to it, you know, and, and it surprises everybody. And so everybody's like, oh, check it out. It's really cool. It's really cool. And then the second wave of people go into it thinking this is going to be the best thing ever. And oh, they see yeah. it and they, and they don't, and they're let down. And then they're like, this sucks. So I'm seeing this like second wave of people who are saying it sucks. And uh, it makes me oh. really sad because it doesn't yeah. suck. But they're, I feel like they built up something in their mind from everybody's hype. And it's like, it's a weird yeah. way to absorb things. Like, you know, I don't know. But well, interesting note. I've noticed that with some... I, movies recently it's hard to match the hype in people's heads that they think of what they're gonna get you know it's yeah i i hear you on that i don't know i have a feeling just for me with barbarian what i tell everybody about it is like go in with absolutely no idea no expectations so maybe the hype is really hurtful to this film in particular because to me this is when I watched this movie, to me, this was like an experience of like what it would have been like in 1960 to see Psycho on the big screen for the first time ever, you know? Flipped a script right in the middle. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. knowing nothing about it is the only, I, I feel like the only way to watch watch this movie and, and truly enjoy it. So, oh, maybe, maybe that has something to do with the second wave. And I also think it's a thing now, and you're allowed to not like things. That's completely fine. But I also feel right. like it's really cool now, but like on the internet to hate things that everyone loves. I mean, it's always been that way. As soon as a band becomes yeah. popular, you know, oh, I hate them now because they're popular. But it's just like, how can you hate this one, man? It's so much fun. <laughs> like I just, it's so it yeah. blows my mind that anyone could that loves horror could actually have any kind of hate for this movie and. If you do and you're overanalyzing it, just just enjoy a fucking movie, guys. Yeah. And Justin Long no being shit. a sleazy little turd. Um, <laughs> just, yeah. What, if you see him pop like? up in a movie, you know he's getting fucked up. But, uh, yeah. Mike, what have you watched? Okay, sit back and relax, because it's now time to talk about the movie of the year. And Jason and I already talked about it on the bonus episode. I don't care. I'm talking about it again. Of course, <laughs> Weird the Al Yankovic story. 
Yes. It's freaking awesome. I love it. I'm not kidding when I say it's the movie of the year for me. Yes, I'm biased, but it, I don't care. I well, I will say great. this. I will say this sort of um, relating. Sorry to interrupt back no, to our, our conversation we were just having. A Weird Al movie, even though you're saying you're biased, if this came out and was not good, it would have broken your heart. And I I feel like you would have been honest if it, if you didn't end up liking it. This is, this is very true. I, yeah, it would have, it, yeah, it would have been extremely devastating. I can't remember the last time I fucking laughed so much. My face hurt from this movie. Oh yeah. (laughs) Ditto. Ditto. And uh, Jason, did you finally watch it? No. God damn it. I will say, I will say this props to Evan Rachel Wood. She had the Madonna gum chewing like down to a T. I mean, everybody in this is fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, sorry, Mike, but just Rain Wilson. I mean, he's my favorite part. He's fucking born for that role, right? Oh, yeah. He was great. And I, I talked about this on the bonus episode. He is my favorite part. I, I will. I I wanted more scenes of Doctor Demento and less of Weird Al. Like, but I. But what makes that character and Rain Wilson's performance so good is that, well, one, it's not like Doctor Demento at all, which is hilarious. But it's that role that you see in every music biopic. That asshole um, manager. That uh, that uh, godlike mentor that every music biopic has. Yeah. And. And this time it's Dr. Demento. And the the top hat never comes off, even during the acid trip. He's still wearing <laughs> the top hat. But and and just and Rain Wilson is just so hilarious in it, you know, and it's 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 a it's more I feel like it's a little more subtle performance than what we're used to with Rain Wilson's comedy. Um, but he just he nails it so well. That just that I, that care that that character as a whole, not not the fact that it's Doctor Demento, but just the whole um, that part that that character is in every biopic. I thought it was hilarious just watching like what was it, Toby Huss, just like pummel the shit out of that accordion salesman, just just, <laughs> going, just hitting him. And just my God, his head would have been hamburger if he would have hit him that time many times. But Jesus. put him into the ground, yeah, Ex- yeah, I would have pounded him into the floorboards. <laughs> Christ, I just I feel like this is this has got something a little bit of something for for everybody. You know, if you like comedy, you know. Uh, comedy films at all like you're going to enjoy this it's it is extremely funny um it is very well well made and a really great um parody of the of these music biopics um and and as a hardcore weird al fan there is a ton of stuff in there for for them too for all of us too as i was picking up on so many little inside jokes and little nods to his real to his real life biopic <laughs> that right. uh um you know there's there's just a lot of background stuff for weird al fans in there and you know and i i, I said this on the bonus episode too that i was like watching I, i've been reading articles and stuff it's like easter eggs that you didn't know about in the weird al weird al movie and i would read the article and i'm like Pfft. I knew all those. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was really hoping for some validation on ones that I that I had seen that I'm assuming is a nod to Weird Al's real life, but uh, but I can't confirm it yet. So, like IMDb trivia wasn't any help, you know, and like yeah, but uh, such an amazing 
cast of cameos too. The the freaking pool party scene is yeah. is so amazing and you know and it's still probably my favorite scene, Jason. You know after because now I'm on my third viewing. I was going to ask. Yep. Yeah. My goodness. I watched it once with Brandy. I watched it one, once with Simon, and I watched it once for myself. But yeah, uh, I was I was sort of like in that scene. My only complaint, and it's not even a complaint, I would just say uh, for how many cameos of the celebrities, there was like three or four that were just like normal people playing. Like uh, I think uh, like Elton John and a a few of them were just like normal, like extra actors. And I'm like, for having so many celebrity cameos in that scene, like or, or comedian cameos, it was like. Just gotta fill a few, like, and fill a few more roles. I would just love to have everybody be like a recognizable celebrity, but that's not even a nitpick. Mm. I mean, they gave us so many, right? Do I mean, did you did you know that was Emo Phillips as uh, Salvador Dali? Not until I, I looked at it on the IMDb. I mean, yeah. I recognize almost everybody except for maybe him and Alice Cooper. Oh yeah, Alice Cooper wasn't yeah. he one of the? Um, he was Lonely one of the Island, uh, Lonely guys. Island guys. Same yeah. with uh, Pee Wee. Yeah, Pee Wee <laughs> was the other Lonely Island guy. Where was Adam, A- Andy Samberg and all that? Yeah, I was I was a bit confused by that, but um, I watched Al on one of the late night shows talking about this. I think he was on uh, Fal- maybe no, he was on Kimmel with Radcliffe, and he said like all those actors basically did it for free because they paid for their own flights when they heard about this scene like oh that's cool they were fighting over who got to play who because uh the the director was like can you give me a list of names of celebrities that you have that would be willing to be in this and weird al was like here's my christmas card list (laughs) and of course everybody they called was like you know they're like look (laughs) we're making a movie for uh roku like we don't have money to pay you and they're like I want to be in Weird Al's movie. I'll I'll pay for my own flight. Like just I'll just, craft services is enough. Like I'll just be in the movie. It's fine. <laughs> and and, and it, it's cool. I mean, I was so excited when I realized that was Emo Phillips because you've got his. I guess you said his Christmas card list. So you have a lot of his like what I would call his modern friends. You know, Patton Oswalt's in there. You got uh, uh, Conan O'Brien. You got um, Jack Black. Jonah Ray, uh, but then you get like his friends from the '80s that you don't get to see too much of anymore, like Emo Phillips, for example. So, uh, and what was what was I? Uh, MacGruber oh, uh, was in it, wasn't he? What's that? I can't oh yeah, think of his oh, name. Yeah. Uh, he was Will Forte. He was thank one you. of the uh, one of the record record executives, yeah. one of the Scotty. Saying, how Basically playing Will Forte, like who's a yeah, and a really mean asshole. But yeah. uh, and Al was the other half of the Scotty brothers. My my dumbass boss uh, before the movie came out was like, <laughs> I saw the trailer and I think they might have exaggerated some stuff. I'm like, oh, oh my pl- God. please please watch this and think it's real. I would love. Please. Uh, I, w- I would adore like it would be so funny to have him talk after but um they said i i, I mean you know that it came f- obviously i'm telling you mike he knows everything uh <laughs> it came from the original funnier die trailer yep. like 10 years so ago um, yeah. where Patton oswalt played dr demento and he was still going to and then he like broke his foot so when you see Aww. him do that cameo in the movie uh he's on like one of those little scooters where you have to put your leg up and that's why they only show him from like the chest up Oh, wow. Okay. But, you know, I think, no slam on him, that the casting ended up getting better because of that. Uh, I agree. See, when the casting was first announced and Patton and uh, 
Rain Wilson was chosen over um, Patton Oswalt because Patton Oswalt is doing his best Dr. Demento in that fake original trailer, and it's really good. It's really mm-hmm. good. Um, but I, in the feature-length film, I would rather it be um, Rain Wilson because he wasn't trying to do Dr. Demento. He was doing the said character that I keep going on about, like the, the mentor character. And, um, and it worked so, so much better, I think. At least and, in the feature film aspect, anyway. And Aaron Paul played Weird Al in the trailer, and uh, they try to get him in for a cameo uh, in that same scene as Patton Oswalt. I think he was supposed to play this, the Patton Oswalt cameo. Oh. Um, <laughs> and he showed up for, like, costume fitting, and they were, you know, filmed recently, so they were everybody on set gets tested for COVID, and he tested positive. Oh, no. And so they were like, That's sorry, you can't be in it. So they were like, Patton, would you like to step in and we can shoot you from the chest up. So, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting, like, a ever evolving door of huge celebrities that wanted to be in this thing and were are in this thing. And just, man, what a celebration. What, what a genius fucking, I never could have imagined like yeah. only, only weird Al could take a right. biopic and do a parody of a biopic. Like it's just fucking so genius about his own life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, and just just the perfect idea, like so meta, it's it's absolutely untouchable. So good. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And for those out there who haven't watched it yet, stick through the whole thing, even the credits, because he yes. has an original song for the end credits, and it is it's just as funny as the rest of the movie. I was laughing hysterically at the credits for. Crying I hope Alive, I so. hope that yeah, at least uh-huh. the song gets nominated. It won't because for, it for doesn't, best original song. It doesn't. The movie doesn't qualify for the Oscars since it because was of like, streaming. Yeah, but the the music might. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. People are campaigning for it. Um, honestly, yeah. Uh, but like, and and Al himself really begged and pleaded with Roku to do at least a small the, enough the theatrical amount. run. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I think it's supposed. To, play like eight theaters or something or something yeah. like for that like a week qualify. or something yeah. yeah yeah to qualify for the Oscars. what a stupid yeah. fucking rule it's 2022 guys i like, know let's catch up right right yeah anyway. so coming from a guy who runs a theater like fuck off you know <laughs> yeah don't be so pretentious there's good movies on streaming it's brought to you by shutter promo code aotkt anyways what else did you watch <laughs> all right i'll just throw a couple others out there because i didn't really watch anything else new lately uh, other mostly. than that that movie three times yeah three times <laughs> three times for the weird owl story yeah um i rewatched derailroaded which is one of my favorite uh, documentaries it's the life and music of wild man fisher um who is name dropped in the weird owl movie by the way um but uh, Wildman Fisher is a manic depressive paranoid schizophrenic who uh, used to um, do original song back in the '60s. Used to do original songs uh, in the in the streets for for a, for a dime or a nickel or something like that. And then was discovered by Frank Zappa. Did a double album with Frank Zappa. Um, his relationship with Zappa ended horribly, and then got discovered by. Um, Richard Foos, the founder of Rhino Records, recorded a couple albums with them. And so he's, he's kind of got, he's a uh, Daniel Johnson-esque type of um, musician. Uh, um, and I've always been a fan of his, so it's a really interesting documentary. Uh, it's it's, it's kind of sad at the same time because he has definitely gone 
down, spiraled down by the time they made the uh, the dock. But uh, and then I was uh, kind of on a on a continual um, satire slash parody film kick. So I watched a couple Mel Brooks movies, uh, History of the World Part One. Rewatched that for the first time in a while, and Robin Hood Men in Tights, which I don't think I've seen since the theater. That's and really that, that one's my, my probably one of my favorites. Oh really? Oh, yeah, I like it so okay. much better than History. I didn't. I, I rewatched History for a podcast like six months ago and didn't love it. Well, here's the problem with watching both those movies back to back and knowing History of the World Part One came first. He repeated a lot of jokes. Well, not yeah. just from History of the World Part One, from but from a lot of his movies. Like most of the comedy in Robin Hood is stolen from his earlier films. Even so much so. In the end of History of the World Part One, um, there's that there's that scene for a fake trailer for History of the World Part Two, where it's Jews in space right there at the very end, and mm-hmm. there's a song over there's a song for Jews in space that is the fucking song of Robin Hood Men in Tights. It's just different lyrics. It's like the exact same song. So yeah, I felt like maybe Mel got a little lazy when he made Men in Tights, but. Repeated a lot of some of it's his pr- early pr- jokes. Probably more um, nostalgia, like that was one that was on TV all the time, and I watched it, and I didn't know, growing up, it was like, you know, who Mel Brooks was. It was just a funny, stupid movie. Yeah. Uh, so I probably just hold that dear to my heart because of the time I saw it and memories. Yeah, I get that. You know, that, I'm probably that way with Spaceballs more than for a lot of other people. Spaceballs a, is one of my favorites. But Spaceballs a, is my favorite Star Wars movie in general, so <laughs> better than I'm a young, I'm a young Frankenstein guy. Oh, that's, that's yes, tops, favorite. yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah. And when I was a child, I was I, I thought for it was part of the Universal Frankenstein movies. That's how, <laughs> that's how great that movie is as far as recapturing the, uh, the look and the feel of those early Universal films. I, I can remember being like 11 years old and seeing that scene with Mel uh, Mel Brooks, uh, Young Frankenstein, and when uh, Gene Hackman is pouring the soup like into his crotch <laughs> and he's just screaming. I I had tears coming down my face. I was laughing so damn hard. I thought it's still my favorite scene. <laughs> anyway, that's what I watched. All right, Jason, um, what besides uh, not watching Weird, the Al Yankovic story, did you watch? (laughs) Well, uh, mine goes back to Halloween weekend. Um, I was able to uh, watch three movies. Uh, One of them was Barbarian. Um, All three of these movies definitely are four stars, amazing. It was just a hell of a three-movie stretch there I did. So Barbarian was awesome. I thought it was amazing and great and um i literally yelled at the tv out loud um I, without spoiling it and and so they you know they set up justin long to be an asshole but when oh, when he actually oh, yeah. pushed her off yeah i'm oh. like are you you fucking what like i guess so i guess so attached to the main characters i'm like if she dies i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking break my tv in half and never watch movies again and uh and then he fucking did that, and I'm like, you, oh, I screamed at my TV. <laughs> I can't right believe before, they did it. And right before this son of a Ugh. bitch does that, he goes into this diatribe about how I got to make things right in my oh, life. I got to do things right. Bitch. I got to do things right. Yeah. And you fucking oh, peckerhead. I just <laughs> couldn't believe he did that. I mean, anyway, you know? so that was amazing. Uh, 
<laughs> I finally watched Pearl. Yes. That was fucking awesome. Um, I know I told in our uh, Attack of the Killer chat, um, I know I definitely was like, that fucking nine-minute soliloquy of hers there at the end just fucking ruined me, man. It was unbelievable. Just like one of the most incredible performances I've seen in a long time. It was amazing. I was all in on that. It's great. Definitely check that out. Uh, I know y'all have talked about it, and but I'm not sure we've all talked about this one here yet. I'm not. I can't remember. But uh, Hellraiser, the new Hellraiser. Yeah, it's still on my list. I really need to watch it. God damn, I fucking it's, loved it. I I liked it. I um I, I guess I talked about it enough last time. But yeah, I I I dug it. Um, I the one thing I I saw in lines just like well, um people are kind of up in arms and we're like pinhead isn't supposed to be a girl and it's just oh, like well, well pinhead is not actually necessarily supposed to be a man i right. mean Bar- <laughs> barker is you know he wrote them is to be just androgynous you know um when i see a guy coming up at me with like pins or a guy or or a thing coming at me with uh pins stuck in its face you know and a big large knife and like you know hooks coming at me you're not worried about his gender exactly i'm not worried if <laughs> whether he has a dick or not i'm worried about keeping my own <laughs> um but yeah it's still it's still uh uh it's a great addition to the series um it's a lot i mean it's uh i'll put it right up there with the first uh i guess I'll put it up there with the first three, wouldn't you say, Jason? For me, uh, one and two are sacred, holy, like one of the greatest yeah. uh, films of all time, all time. But I also want to say, and uh, don't listen to this part, Tad, because I don't want to build it up too much, but I almost kind of think this movie's better than those movies. Because, like, I think that they wrote this. This one is written so much better than... Clive Barker's one and two. They like it really to me, it like uh explained shit way better than those original movies and and the way shit unfolded. And I, I mean I'm just saying that like it seemed way more cohesive and not just a sexy fever dream uh when Clive Barker did it. And and I love part one and two even yeah. more. But like to me, I just thought I'm like, God damn, this is cohesive as fuck, and like I, well, yeah, I think like it's the, great. The, the I mean, I won't spoil it too much, but I mean, let's just say like the lament configuration yeah. kind of gets a little bit of a handbook to it. It does. It, it explains it a lot better. Yeah, in a good way, and it, and then and then to top it all off, and what really might be some of the best parts of the originals is like I, I haven't looked to see if it was literally uh, Christopher Young's score used again. But if not, like it is uh, adapted in a way that just makes you feel feel like it because that score in Hellraiser one and two by Christopher Young is some of the greatest, fucking most chilling and amazing music ever written for film, and like that vibe. And and even some, I feel like some's lifted or something, or it's reused or not. I can't tell. But like when you hear that in this, it's like oh well, fuck yeah, it's on. Like so, I I really liked it. I really liked it a lot, and that's what I watched. I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed it. It's it like I I think I 
explain to you guys, I tried to watch it on Hulu and it, Hulu was not oh, cooperating. Yeah. And then it was like, it just, it's been on the forever watch and much must watch list since. And we thought about watching it like last night for my birthday and that didn't end up happening. Nikki fell asleep and it's like, it's, it's gotta happen this weekend. I'm hoping so. Oh yeah. It had a great resolve to it too. Anyway. Yeah. It's great. I hope you can watch it. Uh, what'd you, what'd you watch Ted? Well, I watched um, one movie with you. Oh, I meant on... to say that too. Dang it. Yeah, yeah. You can say what you watched. Oh, well, Ninja 3, The Domination. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so not a surprise to Andy because I went to him and Brian Clark and asked their opinion on uh, my second movie on what, what to play. Um, the first, if, if you guys are not familiar, I know some of you were there. Um, you're all invited every year, but I, I do a double feature at the Capitol for my birthday. It's a surprise double feature. Um, usually fun, stupid movies to watch with the crowd. Uh, <laughs> the first one was Ninja 3, The Domination, and then I followed it up with Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Oh, uh, nice. As you would. Yeah, my uh, initial thought was that was my first pick, and then I was debating on um, The Last Dragon as a, as a follow-up to Ninja 3, and then my wild Show card... Love was uh, Xanadu, but I didn't know if I wanted to make wow. everyone sit through a <laughs> roller skate uh, musical. But uh, I think I made the right choice because people were having a blast with uh, Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Um, just so outrageous and dumb. So those two, that was my, my uh, movie double feature. But I have watched a lot since we last talked. Um, just looking through my list here for Halloween, I, I watched... Uh, the classic Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, the old Disney from 1949 Whoa, animated. Oh, sweet. I love that one. Uh, yeah. I usually, to be honest, just f- uh, fast forward to the Ichabod story. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> past Mr. Toad. Sorry, Mr. Toad. But um, And then another one I watched on Halloween night. Uh, poor Blake asked me if I wanted to watch a movie. And I said, you can come over. I'm going to watch a movie. And you can come over and watch it with me. And I watched the Out There Halloween Megatape which is the follow-up to the WNUF Halloween special. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so right now it's only available like mail order from the directly from the director uh, on DVD. But um, this is a lot of fun. If you like the first, you're going to like this. Hmm. And it is in the same universe. Um, It's still on WNUF and they acknowledge what happened in the WNUF Halloween special. Oh, cool. Uh, and they have like some some previews for like sort of an unsolved mysteries type show where they're investigating what happened at that at the special, you know, from those who have seen it, uh, the investigation. But this is really interesting. And I, I will say this. I, I still I think I like the first a little better. It, it sort of dragged in, the, in this one. But um, the premise is and they stick they still stick to the commercial tons of commercials using stock footage i mean they don't they do not relent on that which love it or hate it it's accurate but um i think that's what killed it for blake was like their commitment to it being accurate to tv specials so they never skimp on the commercials um but the premise is pretty simple like the first it's basically recorded off tv and the first part of it is like a ricky lake type show from the 80s uh, pretty funny. You guys still there? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that I didn't lose you. 
Uh, and it's like a Ricky Lake type show where they talk to this guy who thinks he's actually a vampire and they bring him on. And then they talk to like these witches and stuff. And it's, it's in this woman who sleeps with ghosts and stuff. It's pretty funny. And then like halfway through, they go back to like WNUF is now investigating this site where UFOs have been spotted. And of course shit goes bad on camera. So very similar to the first in that sense, but it's a lot of fun. Um, of course I watched weird, the Al Yankovic story, loved it. Um, That's good. I had a very Mike weekend because um, I watched that on like a Friday. And then the following Sunday, we drove to uh, Moline and saw Dawn of the Dead in 3D in a theater. Yeah, lucky. Well, they it was originally going to be on Halloween weekend only. Um, and so there was no way I was going to see it. Um, and then they extended it to Tuesday because of the screenings were going so well. And then they decided because that was going so well, they extended an extra 10 days. Um, so it like played in up to like last weekend and we we had a sunday night free so we drove and had a nice dinner and went and saw it in a completely empty theater all by ourselves oh. huge screen. oh wow the real 3d nikki nikki's never seen it so her first time seeing it was in a theater in 3d which was cool um, nice i i mean just seeing it in the theater i probably i sort of almost wish it wasn't in 3d uh not that it took away from anything but it definitely didn't add anything um sure, sure. it just felt sort of like a, a a bit of a gimmick which it is in general um but that movie is not that visually like stunning you know what i mean like it's not it, it's cool to see some of the the splatter effects like when a head explodes in 3d it's sort of cool but um it's a very uh sort of washed out sort of you know neutral colors type of movie outside of the crayon red blood and it just didn't add anything to it but seeing it restored in 4k and hearing the goblin score in a theater on that big screen and seeing it like you know by yourself in the empty theater really cool yeah exactly and then um i checked out on shutter an original called deadstream has anyone seen this yet yeah, I did. Yeah, it's, yeah. It was it was fun. It was pretty fun. That guy's hilarious. And... Yeah, I I I had check I checked it out uh, based on the recommendations of a few people I trust. Um, I didn't love it. I liked it, but it, it got a little annoying. That guy, that was. It's. Uh, but yeah, I think that's the point. It's hard for you know when you got following one guy through a whole movie and he he screams at literally everything his own shadow he screams at so yeah so this is like a modern blair witch i would say like the premise is this youtuber this social media influencer totally obnoxious idiot um on on youtube gets like canceled for saying something insensitive and then he's doing his big comeback and he's going to do a live stream in like a notoriously haunted house and um obviously he's going in thinking it's completely fake and when he gets in there shit goes wrong and uh then a fan shows up and i won't spoil anything but um it's shot all like you know on little webcams and from the uh perspective of him first person perspective and it's it's i mean it's found footage but it's done a little bit different and i liked a lot of parts of it but uh i found the lead actor slightly obnoxious and i think he's supposed to be obnoxious but sitting with him an hour and a half with just him just was him. Yeah. wearing thin on me 
I where I just that. wanted him to fucking die. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, no, I get that. Like, the, the screaming got to be too much, where he literally would scream at everything. Um, and But there was still, he still had some really funny parts, though, and one of the things I appreciate the movie the most, being a found footage fan, and kind of seeing this premise like a hundred times, um... Although this one kind of feels more like a, again, almost like a parody of that. But uh, uh, that's the theme for this episode, kids, (laughs) parodies. Um, But beyond that, it's got, unlike a lot of, you know, trapped in a haunted house found footage movies, it's got some really cool looking, like, creature designs in it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the ghosty creatures in it. It was really cool. Some of that stuff was really cool looking. It definitely had had its perks, and you know I'm not like mad. I watched. I didn't hate it by any means. I just uh, I don't know. I'm I'm so peculiar about my time right now. Just I feel like I never just get to sit down and like watch something for myself. It has to be for uh, content or for a, a podcast or for you know some other thing. And it's like I'm just taking the night off. I'm going to watch something new, and I watched it. And I was like, eh. I mean, I don't know. I, I I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I liked it. I guess I would say. Uh, so that take that as whatever you will as a recommendation or not, but uh, you know, I, I, like I said, it's maybe in as like we talked about earlier. Um, the person who I, I listened to their podcast hyped it up as being a whole lot of fun and really cool and inventive, and I'm like, I've sort of seen this before, but uh, and, and I think it's just the lead actor. Maybe he reminded me of somebody I don't like. I think um, huh. like a person I know in real life, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. Deadstream, it's on Shutter. It's not if you like found footage, you'll probably enjoy it, and it's really short, so it's uh, it has it has some good jump scares too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think double checking my outside of uh, I watched Stand by Me, which is one of my favorites of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Just laying, laying in bed, it was on Sundance. I love that movie. Uh, as soon as I turned it on TV, I couldn't turn away, so I wasted two hours in bed. But outside of that, that's what I watched. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Tad. And now it's time to get your tweets on. Here's Jason with Pole Position. From now on, like your parents were, you are the secret force of Pole Position. All right. I'm pretty excited for this episode's Pole Position. Let's get right into it. The question. What are... and? Here's the thing. I know it's going to be hard to narrow this down because this lists are going to be so long. But the question, nope. but the question is, what's the worst qualities of the VHS format? Come on. There are so many. Let's just get it narrowed down, huh? What do you nope. say? There is more <laughs> pros than cons, my friend. All right. Well, let's go to the random sequence generator. We're going to do snake draft like the normal two rounds. So Mike will be one. I'm two. Tad's three. Andy's four. Here we go. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop, boop. Oh, let's see here. That's, fuck, Tad's first. Great. Oh, then Andy. Then Mike. Then me. Great. Awesome. All right, Tad, you're up first. What's the first? What is the worst quality of the VHS format to you? Man, that's, I would say, the just limitations of the actual video quality. You can video. only get up to four, 480p. 480p yep. Yeah, so the resolution, I guess I would say, for VHS tapes to me 
is, and I know Mike's going to rebuttal and say, but, uh, you know, when, when you're watching a, a, a movie that was shot beautifully on film with great cinematography and you put in Washed a VHS out, yeah. tape, it's just no matter how nice your TV Ruined. is and how nice your VCR is, it's never going to get better than ruining the vision of the directors. No, nope. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here's my rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andy, you're up next. Let's your first pick, second pick. Um, as a guy who's gotten rid of like a bunch of these before. And I, I loved them, but, you know, it's just like I wasn't watching them and I had them on other formats anyway. I got to say storage space. Mm. Good answer. Big time. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I thought I would open a door and just an avalanche of shit would just like, you know, just fall on top of me. Because, yes, the storage space is, is a big, big They're issue. Bulky. That is, big. that is was probably top of my list, too, you know, as far as, you know, because... I you know collect movies and I had just a ginormous VHS collection and twice as many DVDs and Blu-rays that take up half the space uh-huh. of what those exactly are. so yeah all right and Saint Mike you're up first up next uh, okay so this was hard because there's so many great qualities about VHS <laughs> but I'm gonna go with um, the the fact that. These things have an expiration date that they degenerate over time. Degrades over time. Degrades over yep, time. That's on my list. Too. Yep. Mine too. Over time. Yep. God, this pen sucks. Okay. Yes, that is that is an awful quality. Yeah. And that's the thing you love about these digital discs and things. <laughs> All right, so I'm up next. Oh well For the man who does no longer collects physical media. That's pretty yeah. Pretty right. What? Um, I'm gonna. S- Sorry, Andy. Yeah, he's. He get, he you gave d- his you know, you don't own anything digital, for real. Wait, what? That's, he's right. You you can. You it can live on your hard drive. Yep. Anyways, you don't own yeah. anything on the cloud. But anyways, go ahead. So. This is oh, this is perfect. So the thing that. Uh, sucks one of the most the biggest and worst features of VHS. <laughs> Stop looking at me. Is that uh, fucking eat the tape? The tape can get I'll, eaten. I'll ha- I have that on my my list as as much as like you know the durability of of a VCR. I'll even say the durability of a VHS tape. It is the only format. That the player can destroy <laughs> the product. Yes, For, and why? That's right. You don't even it's, know the answer. Yeah, it, it can. It happens randomly. <laughs> it just does. Yeah. I, I will say this: one time, my sister got my Joe Dirt DVD stuck in her DVD player, oh, and she thought like she she was so. <laughs> I mean, I used to, uh, maybe still am. Um, my sister lived her life absolutely terrified of me. Uh, I think she might still be absolutely terrified of me. Um, don't know why. <laughs> Uh, but she was so afraid to tell me that like she took the she like destroyed her own dvd player to get the disc out and i was like it's fucking joe dirt like it's like a a three dollar dvd you know but uh but i mean even blu-rays 4ks it doesn't matter they can all scratch really easy much easier i mean you can drop a vhs tape and and be fine so i don't know yep that was that was my pro i was waiting for somebody to say you know a little durable that, that they are way more durable Blu-ray, I'll give you, but uh, 
DVD, DVD or CDs, man. You know, t- VHS. You, that is very true. I don't know how many times I've dropped a VHS tape, popped it in, and it worked just fine. But like, uh, even taking a DVD out of the case sometimes you could just you run the risk of like scratching the shit out of it or breaking the center ring or whatever. Oh, have you ever gotten one that had like came out of the fuck you yes. know, the ring in the, in the mail and it's scratched the shit and it's brand new, it's not even open. Yeah, like, fuck yeah. off. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Another thing with VHS tapes, like say if you like drop one and break one, you can get another piece of shit shitty like. VHS that you don't like, and you could, you know, take yeah. parts off of that and make your, you know, and essentially Frank, repair. Yeah, Franken, Franken tape. Yeah, you can yeah, still exactly. save the movie versus, mm-hmm. you know, if something happens oh to God. a disc, you're, it's done. Anyway, guys, I just realized, <laughs> I just realized that I won the draft because my next pick is clearly the 101 of all. Okay, of all go. things, I'm so excited. I can't believe this one fell to me. The worst quality of the VHS format, rewinding. Yeah. That's I don't know if too. I agree with that. Yeah, how can you? I think uh, the people will. Disa- how can, yeah, how can you disagree with rewinding? How can that I, be an enjoyable experience? I have too much time. Dude, <laughs> that's it. Dude. <laughs> I we should do like the old like uh, the poem the old John Henry poem where man Please, versus poet. man versus the train where <laughs> oh I wish I would have thought of this ahead of time I would have written a poem where a blue putting in a Blu-ray and waiting it for the fucking load versus rewinding a VHS tape I challenge you that it's probably quicker to rewind that VHS tape bullshit tell me what tell me, me it's tell true. me tell <laughs> me Blu-rays take for freaking ever to load tell me that every single time you rewind a tape you don't go that fucker's gonna break when it gets to the end you don't think that <laughs> tell me you don't think that that's right, and, and also, it does. And it does. I have re- That's not. That wasn't your thing, though. Your thing. I have rewound a tape the, off the goddamn the school before, it. though. Yeah, and that then you could just pop off. it open and just fix it, and you're oh, good to go. Good to go. Anyway, yeah, all right. While, so, my blu- while my Blu-ray loads, I, I you know. exactly. Oh. I'm sorry, Blu-ray. That was like the big step back. That was a Blu-ray. pun on you, dude. I'm not gonna. It's no, <laughs> but mind. it's true. Come on, Blu-ray. You're up next, Mike. Pick six. Okay, pick six. Um. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, shit. Did we take uh, them all? Pretty much. Um, damn it, yeah. I will say one thing before I give you my last answer. I will. I did have this down as far as fast-forwarding and rewinding goes um, versus chapter skipping. That is a thing. That, that is definitely... An argument for unskipping, unskippableness uh, of fast forwarding, rewinding oh. being too long. As far as like, if you want to skip a chapter, or you know, because you could say like, I like, want to watch that scene. Take a, take a movie out. You 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 were watching a movie and didn't finish it. You want to come back and watch it later, so you could just skip to the chapter. Or a lot of players will just pick up where the disc left off the last. Yeah, time. Or remember, resume. Yeah, yeah. Where a VHS would obviously do that as well. But um, again, if you wanted to go to a specific part of the tape, it would take longer than skipping a chapter on a disc. But that's not my answer because you already. There's some great ones left, Mike. Um, hmm, I would just have to say overall space on the tape, on the material itself, yeah. yeah, versus DVD or Blu-ray. 
you know, when DVD came out, it was so exciting because you get all these bonus features and, and you get the trailer and all this, that, and the other thing. You could fit so much more content on the disc versus an analog tape. All right, Andy, pick seven. Oh, man. Um, you guys kind of said a lot. I was going to say, uh, you got, I mean, with DVD, you don't have tracking issues. Yep. Um, you know, I don't think that there's like a very good, well, when it first came out on VHS, I don't think that there was a very good uh, Fast Times at Ridgemount High tape out there when uh, Phoebe Cates comes out of the pool <laughs> because everybody had it paused on that part, you know, so like the tracking's all, all... Oh yeah, the tape would wear out. Yeah, wonky. And then um, with your DVD, you could watch it frame by frame. Exactly. So tracking is your official answer. Yeah, tracking. That's, that's a good one. That. It's on my list. All right, Tad, finish it off. Pick eight. I have a couple options. I'm trying to decide oh. what what would be good for... I, I'm going to go with this one because uh, it relates to my first one about the bad video quality. Also, limitations on audio. Um, mm. You can't okay, get a yeah. full like seven point one surround soundtrack on it. The best you could do with a forehead VC or VCR was you know limited surround sound. You just can't get Two lossless forehead. Yeah, you can't get lossless audio. You can't get the uh, Adobe Atmos. Um, it's just nope. it really and and some people might argue you know taking like Carpenter's original mono score and putting it in five point one or seven point two or whatever is like sacrilege i mean it's it's an argument that goes back to beatles and beach boys you know like yep. putting those original mono albums in stereo was at the time controversial um as they they weren't recorded that way but um limitations i mean just sort of like mike was saying with with length uh, of limitations it also is the same with sound uh you can only get mm -hmm. so good of sound out of a vhs tape and it also degrades over time so Yep, you got your white and red audio yep. RCA outs. That's... Yep. All right, that's it. We did it, guys. I have one more, uh, one really bad one. I can't believe made it through the draft. Mm -hmm. You can tape over a VHS. That's a pro. Yeah. No, you yeah. buy a movie and some a-hole tapes over it? That's, that's a, a pro. You can reuse them, yeah. Oh, but, that's the, but that's the thing. If you're that worried about somebody... Um, Taping over your your movie, make sure that little tab is is busted off. Right, but you can just you put tape over it and tape over. I'm just saying. Oh, then somebody's doing it to you on yeah, purpose, and if I they're know. doing that to you on purpose, you can they're going to smash your, your DVD. So it's not the it that's matter. not the yeah that's not the format's fault. <laughs> yeah, um, really. My other thing was was a little bit, it, and it's not quite limited to VHS because it was also on the early days of of DVD is the framing. Like, almost all VHSs were full frame. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep, I had that on my yeah. list. Yeah, but, I mean, that also, I remember when DVDs first came out, you had to be careful whether you bought a widescreen or a full screen. 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 Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now square tube TVs don't even exist, so it's not even an issue. Of course, uh, another thing, if your speakers, I mean, if, uh, if your speakers were exposed, I mean, you can't really keep VHS in the... To, near anything magnetized, you know. Yeah. Nope, the nope. it, it erased everything on the damn tape. That was on my list. And then I, I'm, the last thing on my list is a word to just, the a VHS language that I think you invented that has <laughs> been in my life, my entire life, rainbows. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the rainbows. 
You don't get rainbows anywhere else in the world like you do. Can you explain that to the listeners? It's mostly, okay, well, it's mostly when you're, like, recording stuff or when you make your early films in your filmmaking career and you're editing VCR to VCR. Because it, it, I think it, it, I think the effect happens when there's something already on that tape, and you record like over top of it, like trying to splice it together, um, analog wise, and so you're getting a, you're getting kind of sort of a little bit of bleed of that previous image, which would cause like, like lot like a horizontal lines line that, that uh, go up and down the screen for a few seconds. Yeah. yeah. Or when you know the tape starts to wear out, you kind of get that too. Sometimes it's it's kind of in the same principle of when the tracking goes out, but it's prettier because it looks like a rainbow. Yeah, you'll see it uh, added in all these movies we're talking about today. <laughs> anyway. There's, there's still some killer titles on, on VHS that haven't made the jump to DVD yet, though, in Mike's yeah. defense. Oh. Yeah. We'll do out-of-print stuff next time. I was saying, I just, I just bought a fat <laughs> stack of VHS tapes from the resale shop, and I'm so excited I got the making of Thriller in, like, a mint Ooh, VHS. That, oh, nice. I'm, I'm so stoked to pop that bad boy in. That, was, that terrified me to bits mm-hmm. as a kid. Oh, yeah. So good. See, I remember, yeah. I remember specifically, I watched that a lot, but again, I was terrified as a kid of it as well, but I was a really big Michael Jackson fan as a kid. I loved that album, and so I tried to suffer through the uh, scary parts. But I remember a quote specifically from that on how the reason why he hired John John Landis to do the video is because he thought American Werewolf in London was hilarious. And that really painted a different light of Michael Jackson for me and I'm like oh this this guy's a badass he thinks American World of London's super scary movie's funny <laughs> it is funny well alright everybody get your butts over to Twitter at AOTKP and vote for me and vote for who you think picked the worst the best worst qualities of VHS don't vote for me on this one Oh, okay. Reverse psychology. Mike's got it. He's got it. VHS hipster. He's got it. He's got the win now. <clears throat> you can't be a hipster when you've always liked the format. All right, let's talk about some movies. All right, let's do that. So, yeah, we're talking about, oh, mo- VHS movies. What oh, a quinky dink. Weird. Tad, what's our first film? Our first film is from this year. It is VHS 99. You breathe, the faster you use up your air so you can't panic.
Okay, VHS 99 mm-hmm. is... I'm not even going to read um, off of any websites like I normally do. If you have not seen any of the VHS movies, uh, they're pretty simple found footage movies that are supposed to sort of be like you find a VHS tape and you're watching almost like a snuff film. Um, and this is, I believe, the fifth one, if that's correct. Yes, fifth. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, that the trailer Jason just played is the first trailer I've heard from this. Um, I enjoyed VHS 94, which just came out last year, um, a Shutter original, as well as VHS 99, a Shutter original. I enjoyed 94 so much um, that I was like, I'm in for any future installments. I don't need to see mm-hmm. a single still trailer. I, the more blind I go into it, the better. Um, but these have individual segments with a wraparound, just like many anthology films. But this, these are done a little bit different. Like I said, um, they're all found footage. We have uh, segments. Uh, Shredding is the first one. It's about a rock band named Rack um, who likes pulling pranks. Uh, they're filming this short little prank they're doing, and shit goes bad. Um, their suicide bid, which... Uh, might have been my favorite one about a group of uh, sorority girls who are hazing a girl get, and bury her alive. And yeah. obviously that shit goes bad. Um, Ozzy's Dungeon about a 90s uh, video <laughs> game or a 90s children's game show um, where a kid gets hurt and the family takes revenge on the host. Uh, we have the Gawkers, which I really like too, about a group of teenage boys who were spying on the hot neighbor. Um, who makes stop-motion videos about toy soldiers. And then uh, we have To Hell and Back, which is probably my least favorite, um, where these uh, on New Year's Eve 99, these videographers are hired to uh, but hired by what is revealed to be a coven of witches uh, to film them performing a ritual. Uh, and that's, that's all of our segments. Um, I, I liked... This one, I like the movie. Just like all the VHS films, they have their highs and their lows. Um, but for the most part, I liked. I think I liked all the segments outside of To Hell and Back. Um, I thought maybe Suicide Bid was my the scariest to me, like the most intense, because I'm cla- very claustrophobic. That'll do it, yeah. And uh, holy shit, very... I mean, I, it's not the first movie to do Buried Alive, but um, the first one to have yeah. a fucking terrifying creature in it. Jesus Christ. And yeah. then uh, I thought Shredding had some really scary moments in it. The way it was filmed was really cool. Um, Ozzy's Dungeon was more funny to me than anything. <laughs> um, and the Gawkers was probably, Jesus, the most relatable because it's like I was a kid in 99 like they were, and I'm like, oh, I can picture my friends doing this shit. <laughs> And then the hell and back just seemed so far fetched that I didn't really connect to it. It sort of fizzled out at the end because of that one for me. But what did you guys think? Well, Chad, I had a question for you real quick. So you mentioned that uh, you really liked 94, but how do you feel about the rest of the franchise? The first three? I have never seen the third one because I've only heard bad things and people tell me like, don't watch it. I mean, I, I also like to form my own opinion, but I've never heard one good thing about three. I That's love viral, one and two. Right? Yeah. yeah, viral, yeah. yeah I absolutely one and two are love, great. Yeah, I love one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, two, I mean, just fantastic movies. When they said the franchise was back and they had brought back some original people and all the people on board for 94, I loved that one. I did a whole podcast on it last year. Oh, and yeah. so um, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited, you know, because what's nice about this format is like, even if 
one or two of the segments are duds, we still got, you know, two or three that are going to be awesome almost in all of them. So, you know, right on. That's it, it, it's, it's, I love the short story format. It's, it, my ADD brain is just like ADHD yeah. brain is it's perfect for that. Cool. Um, yeah, I I wasn't really thrilled with the the last segment. It just it came off as you know a, a little too hokey. Um, Ozzy's dungeon uh, kind of really stands out to me because it just seems like if like. <laughs> I mean, I thought Tad would be all over it because it would be like the the, the whole Nickelodeon sort it's of vibe. Double dare, yeah. With, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it, I was gonna say, it's right? like Legends of the Hidden Temple crossed with Double Dare, only if like Mark Summers was like a sociopath. <laughs> um, uh, but <laughs> well, he might be. Uh, Time will tell. But yeah, just it, it, that's really gnarly. Uh, this oh, and and the buried alive one that 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 was great. I mean, you you it, it kind of seemed uh, you know predictable. You knew you knew she was gonna die, but I mean, just like the 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 uh, sort of uh, the villain gets their come up and sort of tales from the crypt kind of vibe is what I got from that story. Um, and then. Uh, I mean, I I wasn't. Uh, uh, I mean, it's it's okay. I mean, it, I I'd probably say, uh, you know, it, it's better than the the where they the one where they go to hell. What what was that one called? The uh, to hell and back. To hell and back. Uh, I wasn't really crazy about the band one. All of them just seemed really annoying, and maybe that's the reason why they wrote them that way because you could see them get killed. But. Um, yeah, eh. yeah. I mean, it's it's okay, but I'm uh, I, I I don't hate it, but um, I'm definitely a bigger fan of VHS ninety four. Hmm. Yeah, I think I'm somewhere. Uh, I'm definitely in the tad. So I like most of it. Um, I uh, I liked the first one, uh, the rock and roll band, because it's a rock and roll yeah, band. I figured you, so, would. of course, yeah. you would. Definitely. And to me, like that one was like visceral, like. No, you yeah. know it was it was obnoxious, but when shit hit the fan and that that dude lifts up in the fucking uh, air, bodies are like yeah. floating yeah, on the ground. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. The panic yeah. of it, like I, that's what I love when with found footage is like not seeing what's happening. You yeah. can use that as a tool. Like you don't, you're doing this with minimal effort, and you can hide what would normally sort of you don't need to reveal the creature i just yeah. I, I almost don't want to see it like it's yep. cooler what i'm not seeing because i'm putting yeah. what that in my head i'm filling in the gaps with my mind well i get that that's yeah. fine that's, and all but that's all hitchcock shit right but my problem with shredding is that they gave us some cool visuals and then wouldn't show it like i got <laughs> so annoyed with you know i got so annoyed with the purposeful bad you know, cutting in and out, you know, tracking and, and cutting in and out of, of what was already on the VHS tape, all that stuff. When the shit was hitting the fan, when we saw these cool undead, this cool undead band, they looked awesome. And I wanted to yeah. see it much clearer. Like, if you're not going to show me, if you're not going to show me, don't show me at all. You're going to tease me with something cool. I'm going to want to fucking see more of it. And the whole final thing where the the band that they slaughter comes back and is playing... Like like almost like Mary chopped up marionettes was freaking cool too, and I wanted mm -hmm. to see more of that. So I like shredding, but I was a little disappointed. And I like shredding because of the cool visuals, 
but at the same time was disappointed that they like were trying so hard to keep us from seeing the cool visuals with the editing tricks. Yeah. Anyway, Jason, you were. Um, but and I also agree that I think that Suicide Bid was my favorite too. It seemed the most, uh, re- I don't know, realistic, the most like real thing. And Plausible. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's full of pretty girls. That helps, but like, <laughs> and then I got, I, I got mad at the, that short for a minute too, because aren't you just like, like this? You're just cheating to do the buried alive thing. It's like a cheap way to make us feel something you know like it just seems too easy like yo put you in the box claustrophobia it's easy to just get all the emotions and but um even in spite of that though even though like i got mad at them for just cheating and doing that simple thing there's still like moments where she's in the box and you're like well fuck this is pretty fucking scary i thought (laughs) there is a reason this shit is scary when you're. But I th- I thought it was a cool ramp up of like you know I get what you're saying of of you know hey this is a this is an old, you know old trope it's easy to do trapped in a box confined but then I thought they kicked it up a notch by kind of felt like they put put a quicker stopwatch on it when um when Starts it was raining, raining and it the yeah, cops show up floods yeah. yeah and when it floods the freaking coffin fuck yeah dude yeah. That, that was that's well when first of all really... you're yeah you're underground i wouldn't want to be like in a rubbermaid tote or whatever above ground when it's raining when i know <laughs> nope, it's not nope. when, it, when i know it can't leak i'd be just like i don't know you know but yeah that, it still had be underground it still had to go through the process of all of it from the moment of like she's got to get in that box oh no you're like well are, is it a prank is she gonna die like fuck do you and then you start feeling for her you're like don't actually get in that fucking box you yeah. crazy lady dumb, dumb, and then she gets dumb, in dumb. you're like okay it's, you know and then like okay they show them outside the box fucking with her you know or they let you think shit's gone bad but then they're just poking her with sticks and you're like okay all right yeah so they do a good of, of like letting you start to feel it but then bring you back up and out of it you know like oh it's okay and then yeah man and then once the fucking water starts coming into the casket you're like well shit's fucked now yep, yep. <laughs> so it was pretty good and screw those bitches they just left and her there overnight I mean I get it you bitches. run and hide from the cops but you that's come the right cops back. you're not going to be there all night go no. back and get the girl out of the goddamn coffin that's your sisterhood for you give me a <laughs> fucking break <laughs> and yeah the rest were all okay too but yeah that one I, I did like the best that it was felt your favorite? The, yeah for sure okay well, for me, um, I don't know what my favorite one was, but I really, really like this as well. I, I, I feel like I kind of want to go back and watch Viral because my problem with Viral is that I felt like, at the time, it felt like it, it strayed from the original formula of the first two films. But now with like 94 and this one especially, 99s, I feel like it's really strayed from that original formula um, so it doesn't matter anymore. So I kind of want to rewatch viral without holding on to, um, you know, the creepy wraparound that the first two, the first two had the wraparound. In this was funny. And I feel like this whole Hilarious. thing, yeah. I feel like this whole thing is, is like the scary movie equivalent to scream where this is like the comical VHS movie, which makes me appreciate it anymore, mm. even more. Cause I mean, Ozzy's dungeon is like, I felt like that was something you would see on Adult Swim 
It was like weird and bizarre, not in reality at all, but was a great satire of those 90s kids um, uh, game I, well, shows. I, I think it maybe, and, and maybe it hurt my watching of it because I watched that uh, way out there Halloween mega tape, you know, that, and it's very similar to that where it's like, we see the game show as as an audience member. It's not like we're on the we're we're watching the actual show, you know, watching what happens, and it just it seemed like not set like you said not set in reality. Where this yeah. franchise, I I like when it is set in reality as much as a, a rock band coming back from the dead can be, but uh, I don't know. It almost seemed comical, like a parody of over the top goofy at times, which I don't know. And it I, it balances out. But I feel like this whole mood for I suppose. I feel like this whole installment is that though. The whole movie in this whole franchise is the parody version. Because to hell and back is all comical too. Those guys, it, those guys are like freaking, you know, Bob and Doug McKenzie or Jane Silent Bob trapped in hell kind of thing. I mean, they're they're two goofy guys. And I'm sorry, I apparently <laughs> apparently. Um, something wrong with me, but I liked that one a lot. I really liked to hell and back. I, I thought I it was, I thought it was cool seeing their ver this version of hell. Um, and all the creatures in it were really neat looking. Um, and that, that demon girl, whoever she was, I was really digging her and I laughed out loud a few times at those two dumbasses. Um, when the guy, when the one guy's like the guy holding the camera is like, um, you know, starts going off about his other guy, his friend's opinion, and the guy's like, "This is not the time for this. <laughs> We're in hell for crying out loud!" And then the ending of it too, I thought was great. I, I mean, I just I love the idea of, you know, they're gonna they're gonna crash this uh, this exorcism so they can get back to Earth. Um, I thought was I thought was pretty genius. I thought it was a, really neat. Um, but it's goofy, and if you're not ready for that, I guess maybe that's why it's off-putting. But the the visuals of hell, I thought I thought were really great. Probably my least favorite of it was, of the whole thing was Gawker's, because kind of other than the fact that it's a Medusa, and you don't get Medusas, you don't get a Gorgon uh, ever in horror. So I really appreciated that we had yeah. a, a Medusa in this. Um, but other than that, it was re that one really felt like cookie cutter paint by numbers like we've seen this in five in all five vhs movies it's exact same storyline you know creepy guys being in this is like straight the first vhs movie first story is exact same thing you know creepy guys creeping on some girl and the girl turns out to be a monster that kills them well i mean they didn't they do the same thing in rear window back in the 50s disturbia yeah, yeah, it's 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 an old plot, and I, other than the fact that it was a Medusa, it didn't really offer anything new. Um, yeah. But again, you know, Medusas. Uh, so yeah, I so I really liked it, but I think knowing going to me going in, if you're going to go into this, be prepared for it to be more um, of a comedy. I think. Am I off base thinking that this is no, more I, of a comedy? I don't. There's think a lot so. more laughs than '94. Okay, yeah, 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 but but I was I was laughing my butt off at the wraparound too with the plastic Army soldiers yeah. and everything. Hell yeah, yeah. Oh. And his commentary <laughs> with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I know I talked about it a little bit on the bonus episode, um, but I feel like now's my chance if I'm going to talk about it. But, you know, a couple bonus episodes ago, we talked about what takes you out of a film. Uh, Well, this movie suffers from one of the things that's really grown on me is, I hate to use the word hate, but like, I just, I will not watch another one of these on my own unless you make me. But like, when this movie suffers from it, to me, I watch this movie and it just looks like an editing exercise to me. All, all I can see. It, like, you complained about it with the band one. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, you're just I, like, you're just fucking editing. It's all you're doing. You're just editing the shit out of this. You're putting shit everywhere. You're just fucking practicing your editing techniques and goofy. It's all filters and fucking. I. It's all I can see. It's all I can. Uh, it's not being used to tell the story. You're just being an asshole editor trying to <laughs> cream yourself all over the. I get really taken out of it no i agree this with one's you. bad i agree with you on this one especially <laughs> especially with shredding um it annoyed the shit out of me too and but this is it's the franchise it's vhs yep. this is i know you do expect it from it but it does feel way overdone in this one to me more than the other ones and i don't know i mean maybe i need to go back and rewatch some of the other ones but like that first the first vhs to me i felt like did it a thousand percent right um as far as that look and feel and it being part of the story instead of like you said just being an exercise in editing um but yeah yeah this one and even even uh i i think all of them kind of (laughs) kind of suffered from that maybe not so much um suicide bid that one felt like it wasn't overly edited edited and whatnot but but, uh the rest of them, rest of them for sure. I mean, as much as I enjoyed more than everyone else to hell and back, that had a lot of it too that was starting to take me out of it. Just Yeah, I'm just trying to say I'm sensitive to the editing assholeness. I don't know. <laughs> it just gets to me. It takes me out, and that's too bad. I just, you know, I think that this movie is perfectly great, and I'd recommend it, of course, if you like an anthology this is a great anthology and we're already ready for a new one next year vhs 85 oh nice cool i'm now i'm digging the year there man oh aotkp is the uh is the code if you want to get your month of shutter but i'm just saying (laughs) i you know just shutter's great because it brought back this franchise and now it's doing one one a year now that's awesome yeah, and like, they've already like uh, James Bond ad- man ad- announced the directors and everything. That's cool. Great, good deal. So, uh, Tad, what trivia do you have for this one? Not a whole lot. Uh, they originally this was like they thought this was going to be VHS eighty five. Um, they sort of teased that, and then it ended up being pushed to being the next one. Um, there's also. Uh, they pitched to Shutter. Um, I think it was like VHS Christmas, and they were going to be like Christmas home videos. Oh, cool! And, oh, wow! And VHS Medieval, which doesn't make any sense to me because uh. they did not have cameras. <laughs> um, what the fuck? But uh, obviously, uh, Shutter said no thanks for those. Um, oh, I, I mean, but, I want the Christmas one. Yeah, yeah the but Christmas this, one would be great. 
this was uh, rushed into production after the huge success of VHS 94. Um, I think they anticipated it would be, you know, well-liked in the horror community, but it was like AMC Plus's number one watched movie out of everything. Um, oh. The To Hell and Back segment not only features the writer and actors from Deadstream, but the golem-like creature from the woods can briefly be seen as uh, characters run through the hellscape. So there's a little crossover between Whoa. a movie I mentioned in the uh, What We Watched. Sort of oh, cool. That's awesome. I'm, <laughs> dang it, I wish I would have picked up on that. And then another little nod to Deadstream. In the audience of Ozzy's Dungeon, a member of the audience is holding up a sign that, sh- that shows the Hansa from the filmmaker's other film, Deadstream. Um, nice. And then uh, the first segment features clips of CKY, um, yeah. you know, Ryan mainly showing Ryan Dunn. Uh, this segment is to believe to be in Pennsylvania as those videos were not widely distributed. So uh, just some little clips that they use. Again, Jason loves the editing. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Edited some clips into there from the uh, the old CKY, which is like a precursor to Jackass. I'm just saying the most played fucking VHS tape you ever had doesn't fucking glitch as much as the shit in this <laughs> No. All right, I'm sorry. You know, right, but I think the wrong, idea, but... I think the argument is that these are like snuff films being passed around. I know. And that's fine and everything. And copies of copies of copies. <laughs> Here's the thing. Is it this for you, Jason? Because this just kind of dawned on me. Is it? Is it the overuse of that as a crutch, or is it that, because, again, I go back to shredding. There's, like, moments when it gets intense, and then it, and it cuts away to what was previously on that tape, which takes you out of the tension of that scene. But that's done on purpose. You don't want to, you know, to... Why? Why would that be done on purpose? Why are you arguing for it Less is Less is more. (laughs) No, 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 no. You don't create a mood. When you have no money, you can't show it. From underneath. When you have no money, you can't show it, so you tease it. And get out. I'm not even. I'm not even talking about the cool looking band and stuff <laughs> I was complaining about before. I'm talking about just like when things get intense and it's scary and whatnot, and then all of a sudden the tape cuts away to something else. It's ironic. And it cuts back. That okay. it, it's hipster. <laughs> it ruins the pacing of the scene. It does. Okay. Why? I don't. Why are you arguing for it now? What the fuck? I was just arguing against you. That's all that's I ever seem to do. All so. you <laughs> that's what the point. That's that's welcome uh, to Attack of the Killer podcast. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> this must uh, be my first day because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. If it's not Ted and me, it's yeah. Jason and Mike. Uh, exactly. <laughs> that's, that goes well beyond Attack of the Killer podcast. <laughs> uh, all right, fine, Jason. What's our next movie? All right, the next movie. I'm so excited about. It just came out of nowhere. I don't, I just, I love it so much. It's from 2020. That's a year. The year 2020. <laughs> this movie's called Rent a Pal. Hi. I'm Carla. Hi. My name is Mary. Hi. Uh, I'm Susan. Hi. I'm David. I'm 40 years young, <laughs> and um, I live with my mother. It's okay. Good night, Mom. I'm looking for a deep connection, someone I can give myself to completely. Hi, I'm Andy. Thanks for being here today. 
I have been waiting for this moment for what feels like forever. Two friendship. We're gonna get to know each other. Talk about whatever you want. But more than anything, we're gonna have some fun. Too bad. And hopefully, yeah. it's the start of a beautiful relationship. What do you say? Sounds weird, Andy. <laughs> Hi, uh, I'm Lisa. You want to hang out tomorrow night? I'd, I'd love to. Maybe someone will come around that can help you out a little. I thought we could tell each other everything. You just need to open yourself up to it. I thought we were best friends. Nothing like a little friendly competition. Right, pal? That's what friends are for. You're just drunk with infatuation for some cute girl to be there for each other. We don't need her. We have each other. When all the chips are down. You've taken everything from me. Andy, I need breakup. That's why I'm here for you, pal. A strange VHS tape allows a lonely bachelor named David to find companionship with Andy. It's charming and charismatic host. However, Andy's friendship comes at a cost, and David desperately struggles to afford the price of admission. Like I said before, I don't when this movie came out, it just I felt like it just came out of nowhere, just appeared, uh, you know, just this cheap little movie. Um, and it was interesting because uh, it stars Will Wheaton. Yeah. Not the main character, but the other main character, and it was just like a horror movie with Will Wheaton? Yes, please. What does that mean? And uh, I don't know. felt like it got people talking, and uh, I know when I watched it, it was great. I'm not trying to say that uh, I can relate to this main character as a lonely fella, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I sure did. And I loved the... I really love the color palette of the film. You know, it was really colored well, and the score, and everything's great. And the story, man, just the way it unfolds. The concept of this rent-a-pal thing is so stupid and awesome. I love it. And yeah. uh, just just for it to unfold, it's just a great little thing. What do you guys think? Um, I love this. I love this movie. This was... Uh, and definitely in my top ten, maybe top five, if Absolutely. I remember right, for twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, you know, watching it, watching it again, it's like uh, it's definitely not a film. I feel like uh, that you watch over and over again because it is a bit of a Debbie Downer. Yep. But uh, <laughs> but Wheaton is so good in it, and you know, there in the eighties, there was tapes like this. Eighties and nineties, there was all kinds of tape. There was tapes made for everything. You know, so it it is not far fetched that uh, a tape like this would exist, and I I love how how they reuse that footage of the tape with Andy um, over and over throughout the movie, and those it, and it means different things. It does. Yeah. The context changes it, mm-hmm. and how it's yeah how the same inflection in the beginning becomes creepy as fuck at the end and it's so fucking cool that they pulled that off yeah yeah and then and then there's some moments where it gets it gets kind of like crossing that crossing that line of like Um, was that on the tape or is that or is this all (laughs) in the guy's mind now you know fuck yeah um yeah just love this movie all the all the performances are great and you know it's uh definitely definitely a great 
homage to that VHS era of anything and everything being put on a tape, but gets really dark and creepy. And, uh, but yeah, it, and I don't think, I don't think it would be nearly as good if it wasn't for Will Wheaton's over the top cheese yeah. performance on the tape. It's, it's like perfect. So I love it. Here's uh here's the deal guys. Um, I don't like this movie. Oh, mm. uh, and I'll tell you why. It's because, because I you fucking love it. Okay, you. Here we go. And oh, you silly Willie! Keep my I eye know, on right? you, <laughs> little scallywag. Um, no, um, here we go. Uh, just the the story, the storytelling, and the simplicity of it. Um, first of all, I'll, I'll say this right now. I think um, Andy is just like a spark of the catalyst. Uh, is like all like an infection of his subconscious mind. I mean, it's he's he's got this devastating sense of loneliness. He also has like this deep sense of loss of his father and he's got this big sense of resentment uh towards his mother you know so i mean basically i'm looking at this guy uh uh david right yep. yep okay um i'm looking at david as like he's like the norman bates of like the reagan administration you know during during this time and i, I and i got that feeling i got that vibe off of him because he has like this like I said, he's got uh, uh, an overbearing, you know, mother. Even though he's trying to, you know, uh, take care of her, and he's just—he's got all this, you know. He's—he's he's isolated all the time, and he—he just really wants, you know, a companion. And in—and when he meets this girl, you know, you are just really. I mean, you know how this thing ends, and it doesn't end well, right? But just when they're on that date, and he finally. <laughs> You finally think he's got like this and you're, you know, this sense of happiness going for him. And, you know, you know, you're, you're just rooting for this guy. And, you know, I mean, his, you know, and you know, it's going to go bad, but there's that little moment where you think it's just going to turn out well and just, yeah, it's, it's not going to turn out the way he wants it. And, you know, and that, that me, him getting shit faced doesn't all the time, doesn't help. Uh, but yeah, like I said, Will, like you guys said, uh, Will Wheaton, uh, tremendous in this. Um, but yeah, I think all those things, uh, like like Mike mentioned earlier, when you know the t the tape goes a little off track, you know, Will Wheaton getting angry and you know telling him telling this, it's all in his mind. It's all in his mind because I think he's actually truthfully terrified of having any real relationships at, at this point. And yeah, what, what a, like, what a great story. And just what a, what a, a terrible way, you know, to go out and just there's, and there's something uneasy about seeing all that lasagna on the floor. That's just, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, first time watch for me, wish I would have watched it sooner. Um, yeah. Can't say enough good things about this one. I mean, but, and Mike said it, Mike said it right too. It's just, it's not something you want to pop in every weekend or, you know, go to sleep to or anything, but, uh, 
yeah, Rent a Pal. It's a it's a damn good movie. It's really really good. I can't remember if this made my top ten or not. I don't think it quite made my top ten of that year, but I watched it and I remember really liking it. Um, Brian Landis Falcons, who plays David, yeah. is just fantastic in this role. I mean, he plays this like lonely sort of nervous loser in that time period so perfectly. He's got the look. He's got the mannerisms down. Uh, just fantastic performance, lead performance from him. And again, Will Wheaton uh, was the perfect choice for the the video friend, the rent-a-pal. Uh, sort of funny, like, you know, looking at the way dating has evolved, it's not all that different now. We're just on a phone instead, and we're judging people on even less. It's like a little bio and their photos and we're like, Nope. Yep. Yep. Nope. You know, and, and when I say we, as if I even have been on a dating app ever, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, this idea there, there were like tapes you could, you know, I don't know if it's quite as extensive as this where you'd pay and go rent them. I don't do. I mean, you guys are older than me. Was this ever like an actual down to this? How accurate I know it existed. I don't know if there was full on businesses that you could go to. to <laughs> Just this, yeah. Rent. I mean, I, yeah. I'm assuming I'm there the... was some like kiosks and stuff like that that you would make the tape at, and that's where you get the tapes from. But it seemed like a pretty extensive enterprise in the movie. The closest thing I could think of too was like you know Chuck Woolery saying two and two be back at you with love connection. <laughs> but. Uh... Yeah, I, I like this movie. It, it's tense and it has some funny moments, but also like deeply sad. David's very mm. flawed, um, and I love that it takes us through the journey of his brain. Of like you guys said, is this what he's seen or what we're seeing? Or are we seeing it through his lens? Um, and when he becomes sort of obsessed, and it's like the, the slow descent where at the beginning he thinks it's ridiculous to watch the stupid tape, right. and by the end he's picked Andy over this girl, you know, and and mm-hmm. his his descent into madness is really crazy to watch. And again, I can't say enough great things about Brian Landis Falcons. Uh, this performance, he just nails it and makes this movie and. Uh, I really, really love it. Directed and written by John Stevenson. Hasn't really done anything no. else, really. No, and I'd like to see like yeah. more, you know, written, writer, written and directed stuff from him. Uh, this is the only thing he's directed at all. And wow. so, Amy Rutledge is great too, as the girl. I, yeah, and I, I gotta add that when he storms back into that dating service place to get more Andy tapes, just he's he's completely lost his shit. And he gives that guy that death stare that has that one red appel tape, and he just rips it out of his fucking hand. Like the other dude's just like, "Damn, awesome stuff." Oh yeah, hey, yay, Tad. What uh, trivia do you have on this one? There's almost nothing on this one. Um, there is a cool little tidbit, not necessarily trivia, but if you really like this, um, the Rogue Commentary podcast did a commentary with uh, John Stevenson, Brian Landis Fulkins, and oh, Jim, wow. Jimmy Weber. Uh, wow. So it's not, I get. I don't think it's on the disc. It might be because Shout Factory actually has a disc out for this right now, and it's out of print 
Um, but they still have it like available on their website. It's it's this they're not making anymore. So if you really want to own this on physical media, uh, go grab it from Shout Factory. But um, they recorded a, a commentary for their podcast, and then um, this is really I don't know if this is interesting to anybody, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> Hear me out. I'm I'm reading this right off IMDb. When David plays one of his father's recordings for Lisa, because his dad was like a jazz musician, um, he puts a cassette tape into a boombox labeled with the brand name Curtis Mathis, which was an American electronics manufacturer started in 1957. Though they somewhat so, though they had a somewhat prestigious line of TVs in the 50s and 60s, this unit was likely a rebranded cassette player from one of the giant Japanese manufacturers like uh, Mitsubishi or Pioneer introduced during their financial decline. Not interesting to me, but um, you AV nerds might find... I loved it. I loved it. Okay. That's all. Bottom of the barrel trivia. Cue that cricket. Yeah. (laughs) I liked it. No way. (laughs) All right. So, Andy, what's our uh, next movie? Our next movie comes to us from 2016, and it is called Beyond the Gates. Hey, what if he's okay? What do you mean? I mean, not dead. It's been seven months. If he's out there, it's not our problem anymore. Look at this place. Your dad really did a good job keeping it up, huh? Yeah, well, not much could pull him out of here. Do you have Dad's keys to the office? What do you think's back there? Guess we'll find out. This is momentous. Shut up. Welcome, curious viewers. We found this like weird, probably banned VCR game. It's like a, it's like a board game, you know, but you gotta watch it. Obtaining the four keys allows passage beyond the gates. Only there can your father's soul be saved. Did you just hear that? Where did you say you found this again? Hey, did you try to get into the house last night? Why, did someone try and break in? I felt like somebody was watching us. Look, uh, maybe you need to take a break from this for a while. We think our father bought this from your store. What if we just stopped? I'm not gonna stop until we find Dad. And I suggest you play the game. Where the hell did this come from? Find your father. Take the final key. And become one with your new reality. That lady was smoking hot. I think I want it. Sure is now. Okay, two estranged brothers reunite at their missing father's video store to liquidate the property and sell off his assets. As they dig through the store, they find a VCR board game dubbed Beyond the Gates that holds a connection to their father's disappearance and deadly consequences for anyone who plays it. Um, I watched this one back when it came out, um, mainly because, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, well, 
you know, just the VH, those old VHS games and, you know, Barbara Crampton. I mean, it had some star power. We also have uh, Bria Grant, who was recently in Lucky and she directed 12 Hour Shift and she was one of uh, the friends in Halloween 2 with uh, Scout Taylor Compton. The stylist. Oh, yes. I, yes. I haven't seen that yet, but yes. Um, um, maybe some of you guys noticed, um, one of, uh, uh, he, he played the dirtbag friend in this. His name is Justin Wellborn. He was also the, the bully in dance of the dead when we watched, when he watched that, oh, okay. um, he was a little bit more redeemable in, uh, dance of the dead, but yeah, he, he's not very redeemable in this and he gets what's coming to him. But, um, a lot of these, uh, uh, like I said, they they're there to uh, liquidate their dad's um, video store, and it's it's pretty much when when you walk into this when they walk into this place, it's um, very very bare bones mom and pop shop, you know, just uh, two by fours, you know, stacked on you know for for shelves, and you know you can kind of you can kind of probably get a sense of smell for this place of like you know stale popcorn, cigarette smoke, you know oscillating fans with you know with the blue blades and the streamers on them and shit um but like they said they come across this this game and um they they still don't know where where their father is and apparently um it holds a connection to to this game and they think that their their dad is on the other side and as they begin to play it you know uh sacrifices are are happening within the game and it turns out to be you know their friends you know but unfortunately in order to you know get the keys in order to you know get beyond the gates where apparently where their father is uh every time they get a key uh something uh happens you know to their to their friends and these brothers you know they're not they don't really they get along but they don't get along you know um but when when they get the keys, there's a lot of lot of gore because uh, they're they're pulling them out of what I think they were uh, voodoo dolls, which represented their uh, their friends. And when that happens, whenever they pull a key out, they're basically pulling a key out of their friends. So like blood and guts go flying everywhere. Um, I, I I dig it for what it was. I I enjoy the I I enjoy the idea. Um, Obviously, they, you know, when you watch this, you're going to realize that they're on a bit of a budget, you know, a court, you know, because the gate it just happens to be in the basement with, you know, and it's just, well, a Purple gate. lights behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I can appreciate it for, for what they did. I mean, it's, 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 it's good. And I like the idea behind the film. Um, uh, I don't. I don't dislike it. Um, I. I like it a little bit more than just liking it, uh, just just for you know the, the points that I just made. But uh, what did you guys think of this? I'm really mad at myself for having waited so long. I mm. really liked it a lot. Oh, good. Yeah. I uh, immediately and a lot of it was because of Chase Williamson. Like the second I saw him, I'm like, I love that dude. Especially yep. from John dies at the end, and mm. just instantly just connected right to that dude, and so and it almost 
gave it a little vibe of of what's his name, uh, that director, Coscarelli. Oh, Coscarelli, yeah. just in my head, and then, and then like all the purples and blues and crazy lighting. But soundtrack's great too. Yep, soundtrack's good, and Barbara Crampton's good. And by the end, I re- and, and Brie Grant gives it such a I don't know gives it a weight like she's a great actor and. And then uh, even Graham Skipper, who started off kind of being annoying, but by the end I was like, "All right, I like this dude too." So it was like this nice little uh, three three guys. Um, I don't know. I really had fun fun with it, and it had um, I, again a great color palette with the the movie, the blues and purples. I know Mike had to have liked that, mm-hmm. but you know, just automatically gives it an Italian feel, and then. Uh, anything shot in a video store is fucking awesome, and yeah. gives I know you plenty of vibes. We we got we were lucky enough to shoot a movie in a video store once, and man, there's just so many great things about it. And yeah. uh, so I love that. And just another pro of VHS tapes, video stores. R- right, and they're all replaced now with you know good quality looking movies, but um. Yeah, so uh, again, I I liked it and uh, I thought it was neat and uh, just I was I liked it so much. I'm like I was almost mad I waited so long to see it. But it's funny that you mentioned the film that we shot in a video store because that video store gave me total video connection vibes. Right? Oh, uh, big time! You know, just like the secret back rooms. I'm just kidding. And, and I, I like how the the, the pro the uh, the prologue to the movie is them as kids and. Mm-hmm. Mom and Dad first opening up opening up the video store, you know, and it definitely has a great nostalgia feel to those early days of going to the this new cool thing called a video store, <laughs> and uh, and then when they're when they show up to like you know clean out the video store after Dad dis- disappears, and you're just you're in that video store element there, and just. So many VHS tapes that they're all spined, you know, you don't even have face outs anymore. And that's what really made me trigger Video Connection because Video Connection, when it so became a video store, it was like, like other video stores, just like, you know, popping and new and everything's faced out and it has like the newest, the newest movies and, you know, and it really had a video store vibe. But as the years went on, it was, it was, it was like... Quantity over quantity over quality, maybe quantity over quality. Because like the the, the (laughs) store just became like, you know, hey, if we continue our business, we just need to keep adding more movies, you know, and that just feels like the mentality of of a lot of mom pa video stores that that really fought all the way to the end to the point where their tapes were just so it was almost unshoppable on how many tapes were in the were in these stores and. Yeah, well, so that aesthetic was a lot of fun. A little uh, spoiler towards to the uh, trivia: This is actually shot on location at a real video store called okay. uh, Sweet. Eddie Eddie Brandt Saturday Matinee in North Hollywood, California. <laughs> so this is a real nice. video store that's still at the time of filming operational. Oh wow! Awesome! Wow! So that um mur- that horror icon Mount Rushmore mural. I'm oh, assuming sweet. that's the real video store. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome, but yeah, this movie's great. I love the concept of like this, this VHR VHS board game, which was a whole thing back in oh, the day. Yeah. I used to have a couple of them myself. I have um, Nightmare. 
Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you have a hard time sleeping? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Quality stuff. Got Jason. <laughs> oh. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, yeah. So, and the idea of like this, this game opening up this portal and all this stuff is, is really, really cool concept. The, uh, again, you got like three characters that carry most of the movie and they do a great job with it, even though what's his name is like strangely monotone to the whole movie, but there's still something really compelling about him, you know, and, and you really get some great characterization of these two brothers, these two estranged brothers growing, you know, going through this together and kind of growing their bond back, yep. you know? So I really appreciated it for the, for the brother storyline as well. And then Barbara Crampton. Yeah. That's all I got to say. I also, I really liked the pacing of this. Like it takes for fucking ever to get anywhere. I, I, oh, I appreciate that. I did. That was probably my uh, <laughs> it, uh, con. It, it also helped. It was uh, I, I got to watch this with Michelle, and she's not into horror movies so much. So she was doing. She tried real hard uh, to watch a movie with me, and uh, and she picked this one because. And I'm just so thankful that it like took forever to like anything really scary and bloody jumped out. But it also, I, I liked that. I ended up liking that too because it really gave you time to get into the story. And, yeah, yeah. uh huh, totally. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've seen this like cover, this poster yeah. art for a long time, and I always was very curious. I didn't, I never read anything about it. It looked like uh, a nod to an old Italian horror movie. Uh, with the purples and yep. blues in, in the title, Beyond the Gates. Uh, isn't that right. the title of Lu- Lucio Fulci's biography? Uh, <laughs> oh, which that I, makes sense. Yeah. It is, yeah, it's the same title. But, oh, um, nice, nice. But, uh, yeah, I, this this is like a little... I love these little indie movies. It feels like something I would watch at Halloween of Palooza, um, yep. where it's like minimal cast you can tell that they they you know had a minimal crew uh and did what they could with what they had but it wears it on its sleeve and it relies on story and performance and i you know it's a good mix of like sometimes i want to throw something like that in and, and appreciate the the nuance behind it as opposed to something that is so fast paced and ADHD like VHS 99 <laughs> where this is like yeah. the other end of it. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it had a lot of mystery to it. Sort of cool. Like I, I love the cast too. And just seeing the video store and the, it, but it didn't like, it wasn't a movie that was relying like on nostalgia. It wasn't set in the 80s, and it wasn't, you know, they could have easily gone some some way where it actually is like, oh, we found this thing and, you know, this this tape, and it led to more and more. And it, a very, I mean, it's it's it, it's like a great double feature with Renapal. You know, that would be a mm-hmm. great one, too, to watch back-to-back, which I did. But um, <laughs> it, it's sort of cool, like, you know, uh, uh, like sister films in a way. Cool, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, um, what trivia do you have on this one? 
there is a lot on this one compared to everything else. Um, so I won't go through everything, but the uh, rules that they have when they open the game are actually just the set of rules for the Ouija board. Um, if you look close, you'll just see <laughs> that they just put in the Ouija board rules. Um, to move the tokens around the board, they use green sticks and then remove those in post. So like sort of like green screening, they use green wow. sticks. Uh there's a couple little nods throughout the movie, um, which I, I can't remember which one of you hate this, but they're obviously a, a character <laughs> named. It's either Mike or Jason. There's a character named Gordon, which is a nod to Stuart oh. Gordon, and the director yeah. uh, is all he interned for Stuart Gordon, so he named one of the characters Gordon. And then um, there's a character named Hardesty, which you know, <sighs> Sally it's from Jason. Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, and and it's your favorite movie. Um, it is, but. Uh, and, uh, the opening credit, this is a sort of cool little, um, look into it much better than the last cassette tape thing that made everyone fall asleep. Um, <laughs> the opening credit scene was shot with a macro lens and colored lights filming a partly dis- disassembled VCR. The only crew were the director and the director of photography. Huh. So nice. sort of cool how they shot that opening. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that, I think that's all the interesting stuff. Maybe th- one more quick one. The shirts of the three main characters corresponded to the colors of their game pieces. I don't know if I know, anyone noticed that. but I oh, did no. know that. I did notice that. Nice. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, Ted. You're welcome. <laughs> all right. So those are the movies uh, for this topic. So I think if we've learned anything, that VHS is awesome. That, how do you... I watch these all streaming, by the way, so... <laughs> right. Good point, Ted. You mean none of these were available on, <laughs> on VHS? Just wanted to say... Busted. Got him. Oh, it's so good. All right. So anyway... <laughs> So, but we still have more show to come. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll do some segments. Um, But first, you're going to hear a promo for our podcast network, the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. And it's home of so many great shows, including Fans of the Dead. Mike and Jeremy are Fans of the Dead. They love everything horror and dedicated every episode to honoring a piece of the genre. They will discuss all kinds of great stuff in horror so check them out and all the other amazing shows on thepfpn.com we'll be right back you're listening to the prescribed films podcast network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment the shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media the PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. And we are back. It is time to get, let's get in some segments here. We're going to start like we always do. Here's Jason with shout outs. It's time for shout outs! Shout outs! Shout outs! Shout outs! Shout outs! 
All right, we asked, what are your favorite videotape horror movies? And everyone only commented in our Facebook group. And that reminds me, if you're not in our Facebook group, what are you doing? Get over there. Yeah. Yeah, Ted's always posting cool-ass stuff. It's a great way for us all to... It's a good little community spot. Hang out. But anyway, so here are your shout-outs. We got up first, Tim Lennerer, he says... Movies that were only ever on VHS or movies that feature video cassettes in them? If it's column B, then my answer is Videodrome, which uses James Wood's oily charisma better than pretty much anything else he's ever been in. And it has a scene where someone plugs a videotape directly into the protagonist's abdomen. It's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, Brian Clark. He says, Video Violence 1 and 2 yes, yes. are a lot of fun. Hell also, yeah, they are. Uh, I don't know about We're that. We're going to watch those. Great. Thanks, Brian. Episode. Also, a super obscure flick called Barn of the Blood Llama that, Whoa, that you could only ever buy directly from the filmmakers. It's every bit as ridiculous as it sounds. Yeah, I want to see that. Brian it's Clark's like not no done. Ever. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he says, ah, if it's videotapes as part of the story, then the original ring rules. Yeah. I first saw it on an unmarked bootleg VHS tape, which was included as a bonus with another movie I had ordered from a tape trader. I watched it alone in my dorm room in the dark, and not 10 seconds after the movie ended, my phone rang, and I've never been more freaked out in my life. Whoa. We had a similar thing. We watched, say, we, we watched a bootleg version of it before... Right when it, yeah, it was scary shit. That's weird. Ugh. Now, does te- now technically does Blair Witch Two count because it becomes a VHS movie during the second part? <laughs> oh well, yeah, no, oh, yeah, because I mean it plays. You know, videotapes do play an important part of the whole overall film. So I mean, Blair Witch could be one too. That whole yeah. movie's a VHS. Yeah, the whole movie is found footage of the. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's one of Tad's <laughs> favorites, so let's not talk too much about it. Uh, Tim Linnerer's yeah, back. He says, <laughs> co-signing for the Japanese version, but not the American remake of The Ring. I could never get past the ridiculousness of the line, the coroner couldn't find anything wrong with the body, which fits the prop about as well as the dialogue about the antimatter space bird fits the giant claw. And then of course, Brian says, no, the American remake sucks big floppy donkey dick, except no <laughs> substitutes. Wow. He got me to read that. I was going to say, if, uh, at this uh, point, can we just have them call in and, and discuss and we'll play it? I know. They should just record their own little <laughs> shout out segment. <laughs> except no substitute of donkey dick. Got That's it. Right. right. All right, we got Jacob McLaughlin. He says, when I first read your experience about your initial viewing on a separate post, I could only imagine how terrifying that must have been. He's referring to Tim's viewing, or Brian's viewing. Um, He says, "Uh, I will never see the remake, but one thing that Japanese horror movies do so well is they know know that silence combined with unsettling imagery is so much scarier than any jump scare or loud music sting. I can only imagine that the cursed tape in the remake is filled with that nonsense. And then so they just go back and forth. These friends, they're just 
chew this up. Okay, then we got, I'm just going to skip down. Uh, we got uh, Lisa from the Bad Movie Bunny podcast. She says, Videodrome, but for Debbie Harry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, Deborah. Uh, Deborah. And Jacob's back. He says, Videodrome, not only is it easily my favorite David Cronenberg film, but it's one of my top 100 favorite movies ever. And while it's probably more of a neo-noir than a horror movie, although I think it's a combination of both genres, I really love Lost Highway, another Fuck movie in yes. my top 100. Lynch. Mm. While the videotapes only show up in the first half, they are genuinely unsettling scenes to watch. Ain't no shit about that. <laughs> Bill Pullman playing a saxophone. Oh, that's... <laughs> oh, hey, Mike, look over there. The light's blinking. On oh. the answering machine. I'll push play. Hey, everybody. Attacker Brian here for my bi-weekly phone call. It sounds like the guys are talking about VHS order this episode. When I think of VHS order, I go back to my childhood, the 80s. What a beautiful time to be alive and be a horror fan. And I loved Faces of Death. <laughs> we popped those in every chance we got and watched people get murdered or killed or maybe not get murdered or killed <laughs> debate or no debate at all i don't know but i also loved truth or dare a critical consequence <sighs> tim ritter yes. he's an awesome director even though i don't feel like anybody else feels that way no. and last <laughs> and not least the shot on video classic killer refrigerator <laughs> what a great movie and yeah, what a great thanks. time to be alive Hope you guys have a good week. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks, Godzilla, for your awful takes on movies. That's great. (laughs) It's awesome of you to call in, but uh, we appreciate it. And any of you listening want to call in and get your bad takes on the show, you can. (laughs) You call us at 415-952-6857. That's 415-95-AOTKP. Leave us that voicemail, and we'll play it on the show. I have a, uh, a quick story before we move on about uh, Faces of Death. So, you know, Faces of Death was such a hit. There was, like, all these, like, super cheapy, crappy imitators that came out. And um, oh, what was the name of that? Um, what the hell was the name of that one? Anyway, I wanted to – I had never seen it, and I wanted to know what the, all the hubbub was about. So I, I rented it. And when I got home, I popped it in, and I'm like, oh, this is, this is dumb. It's like, it sounded like somebody took one of those little tape, all the, vo- all the, uh, the uh, narration looked, sound like it was done on one of those little handheld carry, you know, tape recorders. And it was all just like public domain stock footage of dumb stuff. And I'm like, what is this? And then I looked, and it was a movie called Death Faces. I'm like, God damn it. I read it the wrong one. <laughs> so, you know, you I get. take it back, and then I don't think about it for a long time, and then go to that same video store months, months later, and I'm like, I'm going to, I need to see Faces of Death. I need to. So I, I grabbed it and rented it. I'm like, okay, Faces of Death. I get it home, put it in. It was the same goddamn tape, it was Death Faces. <laughs> And it was you should have checked, checked for death faces and see if faces of death was in there. Yeah, maybe. Anyway. Still never seen it to this day. Oh, no, no I've kidding. seen it. I've <laughs> seen it too many if times. I, if I would suggest one, I'm just like, I think 
the killing of America is a better portrayal of what you would be wanting to see. Uh, have you guys ever seen that documentary? I haven't seen that one, no. Yeah, I mean, that's and like, like... Yeah, kill a bunch of kids in that one. It's great. I love it. Well, no. I, well, it's pretty... It can be pretty gruesome stuff. Ugh. I mean, it's like uh, you see a guy... I mean, you don't see the act itself, but you see the aftermath of like a guy... What happens to a guy at top of a guy's skull after he puts a shotgun in his mouth. There was a film Ooh. series called Traces of Death that... Yeah. Uh, that obviously took things way too far. Like, Faces of Death, you know, we all know now, like, 75% of those... It's fake. ...is faked, and, you know, the, and watching them now, the novelty of knowing that and how cheesy <coughs> the production value is and everything makes the Faces of Death movies actually fun. But then when you get into those Traces of Death films, you just... it. You, it's it's not right. Just mean spirited, right. and yeah. Well, yeah, yeah they it's do unnerving. They take that really famous footage of that guy from the university that, um, like sh that killed himself on cam on camera on a news report, like put the gun in his head and and pulled the trigger, and then they they looped it like like it's funny, like it was it's messed up. I've never seen a single Faces of Death anything. You're good. I mean, me and my friends eh. went to rot Rotten.com all the time as oh, kids. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that was my fill. But, Basically um, the same. Yeah, yeah. Face, faces, of, faces of Death is, you know, Peter Pan compared to yeah. Rotten.com. So. Yeah. Well, all right, that's shout-outs. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, well, let's get into our last segment today. Hey, it's time for Insane's Picks. <laughs> Here it is, boys and girls. This is it. The Queen of Insane's Picks Hall of Fame. This one is personal because we are inducting my favorite actress from the 80s of 80s horror and B-movies, The Scream Queen, and somebody I consider a friend, <gasps> Linnea Quigley. Oh, yeah. You know it. Barbara Linnea Quigley was born right here in my home state of Iowa in the city of Davenport on May 27th, 1958 to Heath and Dorothy Quigley. Her mother was a housewife and her father was a noted chiropractor and psychologist. By the 1970s, her and her family moved to Los Angeles and Linnea began working at Jack Lalaney's Spa. There she was encouraged to try modeling and acting and quickly she began modeling for magazines and getting parts and commercials. Check out a very young, cute, adorable Linnea in a close-up toothpaste commercial. You can find that on YouTube. She began getting small roles in movies. Her first role was in a movie called Psycho in Texas in 1975. And right out of the gate, she began stealing the show. Her scene is the standout scene in that movie, and really the only scene worth watching. Uh, so mm. much so that her image... The image from her scene is front and center of the movie poster. She caught the acting bug quickly and would get bit parts in such films as Death Sport, Fairy Tales, and Auditions, all in 1978. Then Don't Go Near the Park, Summer Camp, and Stone Cold Death in 1979. But her first bigger role was in Graduation Day in 1981. 
The blonde girl in the number 46 track jersey was cut out of the film as much as possible since she was fired due to refusal to fulfill the nudity requirements. Linnea Quigley was hired to replace her. There were already They were already way into filming when Linnea replaced the other actress. One of the early scenes that was shot was towards the end of the film, where the dead bodies are discovered under the bleachers. Linnea Quigley's decapitated head isn't there because it was shot earlier before Linnea was hired. However, the de- decapitated head of the actress who she replaced is in the scene. Besides modeling and auditioning for films, Linnea also began auditioning for bands. She first played guitar in an all-female band called Mad Whistle. Later on, Linnea Quigley managed to form her own band called The Skirts. Hayden Pomar played bass in the band. Her and Linnea Quigley first met on the set of Cheech and Chong's Nice Dreams in 1981. And some of The Skirts' music can even be heard in some of Linnea Quigley's later films. She continued to get acting roles and appearing in Young Warriors in 1983, Savage Streets in 1984, which is one of my favorites of Linnaeus, and Silent Night, Deadly Night in 1984, which features probably her most iconic death scene where she was lifted up and impaled on deer antlers. Mm-hmm. She worked regularly uh, still in small parts, but in 1985 she would get casted in a movie that would change her status forever and begin her career as a Scream Queen. And that is where we will pick up in part two on our coverage of Linnea Quigley as we induct her into Insane's Picks Hall of Fame. How exciting! Woo. She, she's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. All right, that's it, guys. That is it for our discussion on videotapes. And that is it for this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. So... Thanks, everybody, for listening. Special thanks to all the attackers out there for supporting the show. Couldn't do it without you. And I'm going to leave you with a little bit of advice. Be kind and rewind. Talk to you all next time. Oh, no. Could this be the end of? Attack of the Killer Podcast.